Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Welcome to Crime Land. My name's Julie J, and this week I'm talking to the very, very funny Mike Rice about the death of Sarah Ludman. Mike, thanks so much for joining me from Kilkenny this evening. No problem. My pleasure, I would say. Uh, you're very, very good. Mike Rice, of course, host of the Absolutely Brilliant Mike Rice Show podcast, which I have appeared yeah. on, so I am slightly biased, but it's really very good. One of, one of, one of the most highly talked about episodes and, and one of the, the, the warmest received episodes, I would say. But, you know, uh, I don't want to stop. You have to, you I say w- all the right things, Mike. Well, thank you, Julie. Well, it's very easy around you because um, they just, in this case, happen to be true. Ah, uh, stop. I, do you know what? I'm so glad you're reading that script I gave you so naturally as well. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And there was a few typos in it, but I'm fucking, I'm, well, look, I'm improvising. we're all busy, Mike. We're all busy. Okay. So you get the gist. Now, let me talk you through this. So this is a bit of a, I guess right. you could say it's a bit of a teenage love triangle. I don't know, were you involved in any love triangles as a teen? I didn't hit puberty till 16, Julie. So I was wow. kind of, I was, out, I was out of the mix, to be honest, which as a teenager, I was just, uh, you know, in a state of varying uh, anxiety ridden. Oh, God, it was awful, to be honest. I wish you hadn't brought that up. Oh, I, you know, my apologies. My apologies. So would you have said fourth year? Is that when you would have hit puberty? Yeah, yeah. Wow, post yeah. junior search. That's pretty tough. Post junior search. Like I went I went in to the junior search disco sans pubes. Do you know what I mean? Ah, uh, no way. Really? Yes. Yeah, I guess really. Yeah, it was tough old time. And that's why even now, Julie, like anytime I look down I have pubes, I'm like delighted like. Do you know what I'm still you're, like every buzzing. every morning you look down and you're like phew, no, they're still there. I, I swear to God, like a, a, a while back, I uh, a girlfriend who wanted me to trim them. And I was like, I've just got these in. 
Do you know what I mean? Like, if, if, I'm, like, if anything, I'd be looking to get extensions. Do you know what I mean? Like, and that's been... Wait, do you know what? What is the main equivalent? The plugs. Maybe if you got the plugs. I was thinking plugs or even, like, just for the laugh, like, something like dreads or so. Do you know, whatever, like, just fucking bling it out down there. That is gas. Know? Maybe a nice braid would be lovely. So, basically, <laughs> you're, you're short. So, to just to, just to synopsize there, you were not involved in any teenage love triangles. I wasn't. I was, I was painfully absent from them. I think I think you're as well off, especially after you hear this really awful story. So, let me tell you about this. So, uh, Sarah Lutman grew up in a working class neighborhood in Pinellas Park in Florida. So Pinellas Park in 2010 was a, a city of a, a population with, oh, sorry, a city with a population of about 49,000, a few miles from Tampa Bay in the east and the Gulf of Mexico in the west. It does have a, a significant crime rate, having one of the highest uh, crime rates compared to other American cities of a similar size. So it's an epicenter, flowered employment with many manufacturing plants, etc. So Sarah was considered a late bloomer when it came to the boys until when at age 17, she walked into, now, I don't know if I'm saying this correctly, I think Americans pronounce it Chick-fil-A. Would I be right? You're, you're, you've, you've nailed it and I'm not surprised you've nailed it. You're a pro. Uh, that is it. But have you been to Chick-fil-A, Mike? Because, of course, you've lived in America for a few years. No, but I tell you one thing. When I was in when I was in America and I was there for a, a couple of years, Chick-fil-A was going through a hard time PR-wise because the owner had said something, uh, said something racist. Oh, yes. I Was this a female owner? I think I think it I think it was it was an and she was a woman, kind of a yeah. TV person. She that's not me just immediately alienating fifty percent of the audience here. But I she was like a TV personality, wasn't she? Yeah, she had her finger in a few pies, and sure, by all accounts, she held a lot of prejudice in her in her heart, and it spilled out one day, and then everyone was kind of like, ah, you know what I mean? We we won't go there anymore because it's run by a rotten. I'll one, but then after a while, such was the allure of people the miss the chicken. Just, they missed the chicken, and the chicken, you know, the chicken is what a, talks the loudest at the end of the well, day. Well, a drumstick, it's hard to beat a drumstick, really, isn't it? Um, so basically, she walked into it was Sarah had walked into this restaurant, Chick fil A, where this guy Josh Camacho worked. So he poked his head out the back because he was working in the back, and he just kind of winked at her. Ludman's friend Amber Lealea said she wanted to know him. So Camacho paid attention to Sarah and called her pretty. But pictures on her cell phone showed Camacho had a dangerous, edgy side. He could be seen flexing his muscles, waving a gun and boasting his name tattooed across his back, which I think is always a bit of a red flag when you have your own name tattooed on your body. Well, it certainly shows that that you're 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 kind of drinking your own Kool Aid. You're getting high on your own supply in a lot of ways. Yeah, De- that know? is such a perfect way to sum it up. Actually, yeah, it's 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 probably a bit of a warning sign that this person could be an egomaniac. I mean, the flex and the muscles. I think I think is is innocent enough. If he had been working out in a gym or whatever, it's not it's not a crime to to kind of show off the work you've done well, what, you know what well I mean? whatever about that gun show but i think the literal gun show which ensued with an the, actual gun right. is just the no act- big no no the actual gun it's certainly it's certainly a, a red flag now if it had turned out like oh he just has you know an interest in in hunting or something then 
you know, you'd say, well, each to their own. But, you know, the, then the tattoo on his back then puts it all in, in quite a heinous it's just, light. Yeah, no, none of it's looking particularly favourable. So from the get-go, surprise, surprise, Sarah's parents weren't impressed. There was always something about him that you kept thinking, was he good, was he bad, said her mother. It turns out they had reason to worry because Camacho was dating another girl, Rachel Wade, at the same time. Right. So he's not he, he wouldn't be he wouldn't be a believer in our Lord and Saviour Jesus Christ or No, well he was he was what we like to call a player. Bit of a player. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I what what do you make of Pete? you would have now romantically kind of been a one for the players back in the day, would you, Julie? Ah, uh, yeah. I think the thing with players is I would have been mad into the players and I think generally they're pretty charming, pretty charismatic. And there's also that competitive element. Like when you know that there's other women vying for the same man, like you want to be the one that wins. Especially right, yeah. as a teenage girl. There's all of that. It's like, I want to be the best girl. Like that defo. I think was the motivating factor in me pursuing and, the players. And and would you say that like the the you know the archetypal bad boy is something that would have got you you oh, flush? Yeah, I think most girls would have gone through a bad boy phase. But but Julie, when you say a bad boy phase, I'm always like interested about that because it's like it's just generally if the bad boy is charismatic, confident, and good looking. Like if it's just a bad person, that's like you know bloody skin and cats or something but they've no teeth you're not going to be after that are you well no i would like them with teeth that was always <laughs> just that was my one thing it was your one stipulation it was always always, always my you. first question on tinder look just be honest before we take this any further do you have teeth and if the answer was yes generally the relationship got a green light <laughs> that was well, it's it tough. it's tough to give a hickey without Teeth, and you you would have always said, if you can't put your mark on me, then I don't see the point. Oh, I did, I did love when they marked you. <laughs> that was real romance. And then you'd go to the shop and you'd see other girls with the same calling card, and then you would know that you were in a bit of a love triangle, or in my case, it was generally right. like a love hexagon. Right. So at 19, Rachel Wade, who was this other girl that um, Kamecha was seeing, who also grew up in Pinellas Park, was more independent than Sarah. She had a job, her own apartment and more experience with boys. But she too, friends said, was attracted to Kamecha for his, quote, bad boy ways. So what we've just discussed. Kamecha yeah. kept his two girlfriends in the dark about each other as the family and friends of both girls began to see them change. They were acting and dressing differently. Camacho insisted that they wear long pants despite Florida's oppressive heat to keep other guys from looking at their legs. He even told the girls what friends they could be with and when. So in other words, this is like a very controlling, not a good guy. Right. Stalinist almost. Yeah. I would see her and she didn't look <laughs> like Sarah. She did <laughs> She didn't dress like Sarah, said Danielle, another friend of Sarah's. Even parts of her didn't act like Sarah anymore. Sarah's parents grew even more concerned when they noticed bruises on their daughter. They to they said she had told them that the marks just came from, quote, play fighting. So Rachel's hickeys. friend, Lindsay, which? Were these hickeys? No, 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 hickeys? like actual bruises. So like, in other words, what? he was getting physical. Yeah, yeah. So he was, oh. he was just, yeah, he was, he was just kind of a very. Acting the maggot altogether. 
Yeah, just not, not, you know, a good boyfriend at all. Um, so yeah. Rachel's friend Lindsay Attic said that Rachel had told her that Camacho had threatened her with a gun. He held the gun out and said, you will never leave me. You will never leave me. Uh, this friend had mentioned uh, in a newspaper report back in 2011. So if he said something to Rachel, that's what she had to do, said Stephanie Pilfer, who was another friend of Rachel's. He is very controlling and I think to a point she felt like maybe that's all she deserved. Maybe she should, maybe she should be with him because maybe he is doing that to her and it's, is, is, it's her fault that he is treating her like that. So that was her take on what Rachel was thinking at the time. Right, right. I mean, he had kind of sent in a way a warning about, you know, his behavior when he did send a picture of the gun that was kind of being like, this is going to be part of it. Yeah, I mean, he, well, I guess, I I guess he probably got off on controlling women and intimidating them. Yeah, he seemed like the whole, the whole kind of, he'd have them sweating in the sun with the pants. I thought that was, that was nasty on his behalf. Yeah, well, again, just shows how controlling he was, that he was like, nobody else is going to look at your legs but me. And the fact that he was doing it to both girls. I mean, it's just really horrible. Did you, did you ever have a fella now say to you, Julie, hey, do you know what? I'd like you now to wear uh, wear now a pair of black um, disco pants or something. Do you know, like... Disco like, pants? Well, I don't know what the dingle... I don't no, know what the well, dingle... I have to say, I've never had a man in my life ever, ever tell me what to wear. I mean, they have the, the, you know, I've had some pretty strange relationships in my time, but I don't think any man said, here's a pair of jeans, put them on. Probably because in Ireland, it's so rare that you get the legs out anyway. Let's be real. Right. Yeah, yeah. So I suppose that is one thing for the the controlling Irishmen, uh, that they don't have to worry about that, which is, well, which is yeah. kind of a feather in their cap in a way, I suppose. It, it, it is. I mean, considering that Irish women wear shorts on maybe two days a year, it's it's really not going to come into play. But I suppose in Florida, you know, it, it, it would be something that could happen. It didn't take long before Rachel and Sarah found out about each other. Camacho brushed it off, calling them friends with benefits. So he told both girls, listen, don't worry about it. Like, it's just a friends with benefits situation. Both girls' friends urged them to to end their relationships with Camacho, but they didn't listen. Poor old Sarah lost thirty pounds and was losing herself in Camacho. Friend said she couldn't help, but oh. she wasn't willing to let him go. Said one friend. The tipping point came when Ludman, po- so Sarah Ludman, posted a picture on the social networking site MySpace. Do you remember MySpace? I I do, and vaguely, like I I I wasn't even. Were you on MySpace? You would have been like a bitch. Obviously, you're a bit younger than me, but yeah, no, I would, I would have been on MySpace for a little while. I, I don't think it ever. It was never as popular over here in Ireland as it was in the states, for sure. Yeah, like what did you just? Would you have had an old picture of yourself? Oh, an old picture, and I like Oasis <laughs> kind of thing. Like, I, no, nobody in here ever fully got on board with it, but it definitely was like much bigger in North America. So the tipping point came when Sarah had posted this picture onto MySpace, and it was a picture of herself and Camacho on a trip to New York. Rachel was devastated. It was obviously to make sure Rachel saw them. A friend said. Sarah messaged her and said, oh, how do you like my new pictures? That's with my man, not yours. Angry and dejected, Rachel used MySpace to lash out at Camacho. I deserve so much better, she wrote on her page. But the message prompt, 
yeah. But the message prompted a taunting post from Sarah who wrote, <gasps> you think you can find better. So I guess mm. you have to remember in Sarah's defense, like they're teenagers. You know what I mean? Like this was, right. and Sarah, because this was her first relationship, she was obviously in kind of a controlling relationship. I'm sure, you know, Camacho was po- pouring poison in both their ears I, as well. I think- Camacho was running was running quite a vicious propaganda campaign in both camps, he, I yeah. think. He, now I can't be sure, he, but I think. He was, he was the puppet master here. And also, right. what's interesting about this case, because obviously there's nothing new about these kind of, you know, teenage love triangles, but I guess because social media played such a part in it as well. So like this was, you know, 2010, and the MySpace was like a major, major bone of contention in between, in this kind of collective relationship. God, it's never so, been used for any good, has it? Rotten out oh, social media. Do you know, if really, I, you know what? You'd love to go back and just say, you know, it probably started with MSN Messenger and just to say, let's just take this and no further. I, because you're right, I, it's so I, damaging. I'd be dead serious, Julie, now. Do you know the whole time machine thing, if you go back and do something? I'd say a lot of people would take Zuckerberg out before Hitler now at this stage. Do you know what I mean? Well, do you know what? I mean, Facebook, Facebook, I think, is definitely, um, it's a dark entity. I think oh, we all there, regret a, we all regret yeah. Facebook coming well, into we being. Well, we got we got we got in bed. We were we got in bed so quickly with the bastards, Julie. That was the thing. We were so easy, <laughs> so easily seduced, <laughs> you know. And, but and it was we the gave 90s. the lock and Come key. On, we were all getting into bed with people. When did Facebook happen? Would it have been around the millennium? Two thousand and nine. Jesus Christ, do you have any <laughs> awareness of time? Do you know what? The years are such a blur. We were talking. We were talking about Winona Ryder and the shoplifting yesterday, and I asked Emma to guess what year the shoplifting happened, and she said nineteen ninety two. And I was oh, like, it was two thousand and one, but I thought it was two thousand and ten. Like I have no concept of you've, chron- you've no con- uh, concept of time. Chronology. Julie. There's I, chronology. Just is something that. I has think I'm me completely. I think I'm I'm think I'm chronologically talented. I think that's one of my main abilities. If I was a superhero, like that would be my main power would be chronolo 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 I don't know if there's a verb. Is there a verb I think it? I think you should get chronology tattooed on your back. Right. Enraged, Rachel died dialed Sarah's cell phone leaving an angry, profanity-laced message. The taunting went back and forth for months on MySpace, text messages and voicemail. The technology made it all too easy to lash out and it also made it a lot worse. So it was Sarah who took first took the feud offline and started to harass Rachel at work. A friend of Rachel's said that Sarah and her friends would visit the restaurant where Rachel worked so they could trip her while she was carrying beer or complain that she spit in their food. Camacho Schaffauer seemed to enjoy the two women vying for his affection. He even encouraged them to go to battle for him. Josh would say, well, if you want to be with me, then you'll fight with her for me, is what one of Rachel's friends said. On April 14, 2009, the wheels for a face-off were set in motion. Camacho sent a text message to Rachel asking to see her that night, but soon after he sent another message cancelling the get-together Rachel suspected that Sarah was the reason. Shortly after dark, according to Rachel's friends, Sarah pulled up outside Wade's apartment, so Rachel Wade's apartment, honking the horn and drove off. In fear, Rachel called an ex, Xavier, who invited her to come over to his house. So as Rachel hurried out of the apartment, 
She paused in the kitchen for a moment and made a decision. She grabbed a steak knife. She was now again. Whoa. This is what her friend said. Now, by the way, this is all like what Rachel was claiming that she was scared. That's why she grabbed the knife and she went to Xavier's house. So this would obviously be contested. So Rachel grabbed the steak knife and her friend then said she was afraid they were going to show up again and she wanted to defend herself. On the way to Xavier's, witnesses said Rachel took a detour to spy on Camacho. And from her car, she allegedly sent a text to Camacho saying, now I know why you're not talking to me because you have her. Camacho texted back. So this was outside Camacho's sister's house. And he, she could see in. So she drove up in her car, Rachel, and she could see that Kamecha was in there with his sister and with Sarah. So then she, they were playing video games and she messaged saying, oh, now I know why you're not talking to me because you have her. Kamecha followed this up with, why don't you go home? To which Rachel replied, no, I'll wait for her to go home. Witnesses later testified that they overheard Rachel threaten Sarah on speakerphone saying, I'm going to stab you and your Mexican boyfriend. Just before midnight, Kamecha's sister asked Sarah for a ride to McDonald's. Sarah saw a friend at a stop sign who told her, Rachel was at Xavier's house. Sarah decided to confront her. As she was driving, Rachel called her and yelled, I'm going to kill you, you and your Mexican boyfriend. So then they made the decision yes. before we go to my. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two year contracts, they said, What the f? Are you talking about you insane Hollywood ass? So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full important safety information, visit juviderm.com. Donalds, let's go over to this house and I'm going to have words with this girl, Rachel, like following us around and turning up at the house tonight and all that. Right. So we're telling off. Yeah. So they went then, uh, they went over to this house. So what what Rachel had claimed what happened was she had said that this minivan arrived and that Sarah had jumped out of the car, grabbed Rachel's hair. She was punching Rachel, punching and Rachel's arms were flying everywhere, everywhere. After a few seconds, again, this is what Rachel would have claimed. Rachel and Sarah separated and Sarah was bleeding from a wound, staggered back towards her minivan and collapsed. Jesus So Christ. what had actually been proven was, was that 
Sarah did land up to this house in the minivan, but she never actually got out of the van that Rachel was sitting outside the house. She went over to the minivan and she stabbed Rachel. So Rachel stabbed Sarah with this steak knife through the driver's window. Good Lord. It's, yeah, really, really bad. So she must have kind of went over a little knock on the window, like wind her down there now and we have a chat. Next yeah. thing. And she just stabbed her. She just stabbed her through the window. Yeah. So that, and and where that did she was. Get, where did she get her? Well, she got, she got her in the chest. Yeah. So she got poor Sarah in the chest. Witnesses testified that after the stabbing, Rachel threw the knife over a neighbor's house and calmly said, I'm done. Sarah had used this time. So the poor thing was bleeding from the chest. She used this time to phone Camacho, who came running over. She He went running over to her father's house. They drove to the house. And of course, the poor father, Sarah's father, found Sarah on the ground without a pulse. And Charlie was oh, the name of her dad. Right. So he confronted Rachel, who was sitting. Imagine she was sitting at the scene smoking a cigarette. And he said, I said, Rachel, why you stupid bitch? Yeah. Rachel, why you stupid bitch? You couldn't fight with your hands. And Sarah's laying there in a poop puddle of blood. Rachel, he said, didn't answer. So the doctors tried to save poor Sarah, but obviously her wound was too massive. And at 2.29 a.m., the teenager was pronounced dead. So when Rachel was informed at the police station that uh, Sarah had died, apparently she was completely hysterical. Even though if you do stab someone in the chest with a steak knife, like there's a strong likelihood you're going to kill them. But she was completely inconsolable in the police station. I suppose, bizarre, it re- yeah. suppose it really hit home then, like what she was after doing. I suppose she was just hoping to put a bit of manners on her with that. Well, her cough a bit. It, it just, it, so for my, when you asked me what I thought, this thing I think of getting a steak knife and self-defense for self-defense, I think she got the knife because she probably, I mean, I do think it was premeditated, you know, that she really wanted to get this girl. Well, I think the proof is in the pudding and the fact that Sarah didn't get out of the, the van. Yeah. She came over to the bloody window, knife knife in hand, kind of, uh, you know, leans towards the idea that, that maybe she she had bad intentions. And she, well, she was the aggressor. She was clearly the aggressor. So Sarah's parents went to obviously... Uh, went to see their daughters as doctors worked to revive her. But Camacho, they said, stayed in the waiting room. I said to Josh, I got to go see Sarah. You ought to come, Sarah's father said. He said, no, I can't see her like that. And I told him, you're the reason she's like that. And then he left. And obviously, Camacho was banned from the funeral. Police arrested Rachel. I was going to, yeah. Yeah, okay. I was going to say that. The family were obviously that, raging, yeah. And also because Sarah's parents, I think because he was Sarah's first boyfriend, the dad had actually been really good to Camacho and he had taken right. him to like football games and stuff like that because I think yeah. he didn't fully trust him, but he wanted to give him the benefit of the doubt. So like he'd actually been right. really, really and good to this guy. I mean, in a lot of ways, they they would nearly play uh, place to blame even more so on kombucha than Rachel. Oh, but I mean, he was he was definitely the instigator in the sense that, like during the trial, he came across so badly because he was clearly the one who was just the puppet master and was playing these girls off against one another. Um, so he was yeah. banned from the funeral, and police obviously arrest, arrested Rachel for the murder of Sarah soon after her death. 
And then at age 20, she went to trial in 2010. Kamesha was among, among 12 witnesses to testify. He conceded that Sarah and Rachel had fought over him, but had said little else otherwise. Rachel was the last to testify. And again, she stuck to this thing of she was just trying to defend herself, but obviously prosecutors weren't buying it. They played a threatening voice message that Rachel had left for Sarah and Rachel had said, now wait for this. Now your ass is mine and I'm guaranteeing you I'm going to fucking murder you. I'm going to let you know that now you're fucking, you're fucking fat bitch and I'm going to fucking kill you. I swear on my life. So the voicemail was really Jesus. the nail in no the coffin. Need, no need to bring her weight into it. Like I know. I mean, for, like just it was it all around just a terrible a voicemail personal. to play. Yeah, a bit personal. Yeah. And yeah. if you are, if you are Rachel's defense lawyer, like when that voicemail is played, you're literally just like ripping up your page. You're like, it's ah, done. Yeah. Ah, yeah. You're, you're just thinking about, about what type of whiskey you're going to get at the bar. Yeah. Your it's over. At that stage, it's all she wrote. Yeah. yeah. And, and go on, but this, and, and did the bloody old kombucha get off scot-free? Well, you see, but he had done nothing illegal, which is the awful thing. So, like, even though he clearly been yeah. abusive to both women, um, like, ultimately, Rachel, the court deemed, you know, and rightly so, was responsible for her own actions. And, you know, Rachel yeah. had told the court that Sarah had also threatened her, and Rachel said, nobody really ever approaches people anymore and just talks to them, which is such a bizarre statement. Like, in other words, as if I would just yeah. talk. Um, and again, the, prose <laughs> the prosecutor said in response to that, so everybody goes out there and takes a knife and stabs people in the heart. Is that what happens? So again, not a great thing for Rachel to have said wow, on the stand. That's quite a wry comment from the prosecutor. So the jury only needed two and a half hours to reach a verdict. They found Rachel guilty of second degree murder. Uh, she was later sentenced to 27 years in prison where she remains today. So she has... She's on year 10, uh, uh, so yeah. she's served 10 years. She's uh, 29 years of age now. And obviously, you know, she's going to be up for parole in, uh, I think she's going to be up for parole in five or six years time. But she told 2020, that American show, that she now talks to Sarah asking for her forgiveness. I wish that we could have sat down right. and talked, she That's said. That's a nice touch. Yeah, well, you know, yeah. she's found God and all the rest. I wish that, you know, both of us could have been smart enough to just walk away and to realise we deserve better, which I think is such bullshit and it's such an insult to Sarah's family. In other words, she's saying there, it yeah. was both of us. We're both, yeah. Even though she's yeah. alive and Sarah is dead. And that is the story of the death of Sarah Ludman. Right. I'll, I'll poor old Sarah Ludman. And it kind of, it kind of sends a strong message there. If, if you are kind of whittling through the pictures of some, you know, young Lothario and they've a tattoo of themselves on their back, ah, for fuck's sake, would you just smoke away? Know, go out with your neighbor or something. Yeah, you know? I think it's just, it's probably there is a lesson there in terms of recognizing like just a bad guy and how it's just never going to end well. Now, hopefully it does, you know, a very, thank God, it very rarely ends in murder. But, you know, ultimately it's just not a good situation to be in. Yeah, I mean, have you have have you have you ever been yourself now 
in a situation where you thought yourself, Jesus, now I put myself in a dangerous spot here. Well, I mean, I think we all put ourselves in, we've all put ourselves in dangerous scenarios for sure. But I think we're also, you know, you are responsible ultimately for your own actions as well. So like say Rachel would have laid a lot of blame on the fact that she was in this like really abusive relationship. But ultimately, you know, she does have to take responsibility for what she did herself here. I mean, she she turned right. she turned out to be the most dangerous player of all because she was the one who got and a steak know, knife and killed someone. I mean that that does kind of um, yeah paint her in a bad light. All right, I will say that. But um, you know, I thought there for a long time. I I thought that Rachel was kind of the victim because I didn't know about this story, and I thought like God, Sarah is sending quite provocative messages on my space and that's Rachel doesn't deserve this at all you know and um kombucha was you know just acting the absolute sod and you know I was team Rachel there I will say for about 80% of that and it, it was quite it was a little bit disturbing for me then to find out what transpired yeah well I think initially having read it you would have said okay you would feel some sympathies here but then when you hear about the threatening voicemails you're like okay it was kind of you know she wasn't an innocent player in this either no you know, the, the I, I think it was when was a bit of yeah. a shock when she spotted you know that they'd been on holidays together and then she got the messages that you see that's when the, ultimately you know Sarah was the first to uh, to I suppose leave a taunting message on MySpace, but like she was just a kid. Like, you know, it was her first time being in love. We all do crazy things when we're teenagers and in love. And ultimately, Rachel was the one who took it to the next level, then got her number and started calling her. So that's when the harassment really started and the back and forth. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, um, it, it's rotten now because, you know, poor old Sarah. And then it's as well, it's like, that Rachel's still talking to Sarah, even though she said, would you leave her alone? Do you know what I mean? Well, I think it shows someone, for me personally, okay, you know, she's asking for forgiveness, but also this thing of, oh, you know, I wish we could have just done better. It's like, no, Ashley, Rachel, sorry, but you're a murderer. We, Rachel. Yeah. Yes. And, and of course, Camacho then, his family moved him out of Florida very swiftly after the trial because he did not come across well in this at all. And they sent him to live with family in New York. Um, where he at the certainly up to the couple of years anyway, he was working in a family restaurant. But uh, I mean, you know, I'm sure he didn't want things to end as they ended, but he really just does not come come across well in this at all either. Thank you Thank so you. much for coming on the Crime Land today. Now, <laughs> tell me a couple of things you want. I'm sure you want to plug. You have your podcast called uh, the Mike Rice Show. Um, so that's on uh, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, iTunes. Um, yeah, check that out. It's um, sure. Look, you'll decide whether it's good or not yourself. You know, it teach their own. It's brilliant. I think, I, I think it's great. Myself and Laura Mahoney absolutely I, love it. Uh, thanks, thanks very much, uh, Julie. Um, and no better arbiters of of taste than than Julie and Laura, may I say? Um, who? <laughs> I love that you're such a lickers. Okay, tell me where we can find you on social media. Instagram. What's your oh, Instagram I'm like? A disgrace at Mike Rice Comedy. At Mike Rice Comedy on Insta. <laughs> And that is your social media of yeah. choice. Say no to MySpace is what we're saying. Instagram is where we're Say at no to, Yeah, if there's anything that can be gleamed to this, for fuck's sake, delete your MySpace accounts. 
So I know a lot of you are holding on out there. And Bebo, goodbye. Goodbye forever. Mike, it's been an absolute pleasure. What I'm going to ask you to do is if you could leave the app open just while this uploads, if you don't mind. It's been such a pleasure. Thank you so much, Mike. Oh, no, I loved it, Julie. Thanks for having me Chat soon and stay safe. Yeah, you too, Julie. Thanks, Mike. Chat soon. Bye. This podcast is part of the Headstuff Podcast Network. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.